Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Um, today I'm preaching week two on earth as it is in heaven as Chris, what amazing message Chris preached last week. I was like always blown away but um, as Chris shared last week, Chris, Easter and Christmas is like the Super Bowl of, um, for Christians, isn't it? People are so open to God during these seasons um, and so hungry to know more about what who God is. It's not just about the consumerism and the Easter eggs and the hot cross buns but there's so much more truth in these times and I love as a church we're doing pray invite and pray because we know that people are open to hearing about Jesus yes Easter eggs are amazing we've already started eating Easter eggs and definitely have started eating our hot cross buns we started at Christmas time so no judgment here but let's just have a quick look around who here loves the chocolate ones warmed up put your hand up if you're a chocolate Easter egg no chocolate hot cross bun what about apple and cinnamon oh there we are yep no fruit who's no fruit huh and also um what else is there the fruit filled ones they're my favorite and then we've got the gluten-free ones anyone here or the vegan ones (laughs) yes um next week we have hot cross buns i'm sorry if we do not meet everyone's needs um but we're going to try our best um anyway. But the Easter message is not a message of, hey, let's leave earth and go to heaven, but rather the message is on earth as it is in heaven. It is the good news of God that he is going to rule and that he is going to rule over a broken and corrupt world. In Matthew's gospel, he often uses the term kingdom of heaven, which can lead us to think that the kingdom of heaven is this place far off in the sky, that when we die, we're going to go there. But that is incorrect. The word kingdom is referring to a royal power, a kingship, a dominion or a rule. It's not about a place. It's more about the activity of ruling. See, God's kingdom is this upside down kingdom. If we look here on earth, we see there's a lot of um, rule, you can just look in the newspaper, Um, and it's about dominion, it's about ruling with authority, which is good, and it's ruling with greed and coercion, but God, Jesus, he's in an upside down world, he rules with meekness, he rules with love, he rules with humility, he is God all power, but he doesn't rule as people or kingdoms here rule on earth. See, the kingdom of heaven, we can think it all just started when Jesus was born. He did his thing on earth. He did his ministry. He healed some sick and he went to the cross and he rose again. Yes, that's the gospel, but the gospel actually began before creation. And you might be wondering, how? How is that possible? In the Word, it talks about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. So you see, if you read the Bible in the Old Testament, The whole theme throughout the Old Testament is pointing us to Jesus. The whole theme in the New Testament is pointing us to Jesus. My question to you today is the theme in your life pointing others to Jesus. The gospel is good news. It's a faith story. It's go and tell the great story of God. But what we're going to do right now is just break down the gospel. So the gospel began with God. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
In Genesis 1.31, it says, And everything God saw, everything, hold on, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was good. So in the beginning was God. Our story, my story, your story starts with God. And then we come to sin. So it's God and then there's sin. Now sin had caused this barrier, this divide between God and humanity. In Genesis 3.9, this is the Lord speaking to Adam and Eve and he says this, where are you? He's like, where are you? Now sin had caused this barrier of that Adam and Eve didn't want it because they walked closely with God in the garden, but they had were ashamed and they were in sin and they hid from God and God was like, where are you? What are you doing? And we know that they made clothing from the different um, leaves and things. In Romans 3 verse 9, it says this, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all both Jews and Greek are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God, for all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So we're all born into sin. You know, like a young child is born into a sin. We don't have to teach a child to have a tantrum, do we? They just do it. We don't have to teach a child to be at the shopping centre wanting that chocolate on the floor, screaming and crying. We're born in the sin nature. So we've got God, we've got sin, and then we have the substitute. And the substitute is Jesus. In Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6, it says this on the Bible, if you don't have a Bible in front of you. We have a lot of Bible verses here today. Marty was like going through my notes and his, a lot of them were in red. And I'm like, but how great is the Bible? When we're reading the words of God, they're better than my words. So how about we just read the Bible? So Isaiah 53, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Where all like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we have the substitute Jesus. And I recall I was brought up in a Christian home, but I recall when I first heard about what Jesus did for me. I was blown away. It was like this peace in my heart that came. And I was like, wow, I understand. And the peace of God came into my life. And just the realisation of, wow, that this man, that God would send his only son for me, but not just for me, but for all of mankind. It was an amazing revelation just as a young child like wow I just couldn't fathom it so we've got God we've got sin we've got substitute and we've got believe now believing requires a response believing requires a response from you and I John 3:16 says this for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life now Jesus isn't a supplement He's not part of this life enhancement program. He's not this thing that we just turn on when we need him, turn off when life is grand. The substitute Jesus is not just when we need him. Okay, you know what, I'm, life is just going great. You know what, I actually don't need to read my Bible today. It's all right, I think I'm going good. And then you know those moments when it just 
happens and you're feeling really low and down and things are just going everywhere and you're like, oh, I need God. Oh, I think I'll pull my word out. I'll spend time with him. Jesus is not just a program when we need him. He is our everyday life. He is all power every day because it says this, those um, he will give life and life to the fullest, which leads us into the fifth part, life. So we've got God, we've got sin, we've got substitute, we've got believe, and then we've got life. John 3.36 says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Acts 4.12 says this, And there is salvation in no one else, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. God gives life, life to the fullest. See, the gospel isn't just this story that we tell at bedtime. Once upon a time, there was this man. Once upon a time. No, the gospel, the story is not a bedtime story. The gospel is a life story that points people to Jesus. So point number one today is you have a story to tell. So the Christian faith is, a, is the gospel. It's the good news. It's a faith story. The gospel is a message that we can communicate to others. You have a story because of what Jesus did. The gospel is what directs people to, the, um, to Jesus. So your life, you might be sitting in this place today and thinking, wow, my life has turned out very differently to what I imagined. You know, you might have taken some unexpected turns and life may have thrown some different spanners at you and you didn't duck. Life happens. And you know what? Sometimes people feel that they have to blame God and maybe you've gone through different storms and different trials, but the most encouraging thing is knowing that you didn't go through them alone because your God never leaves you and never forsakes you. See, people in life, they're busy. On Statistically, they say every 60 seconds, on average, your phone notifications go off and people get very distracted in life. So I want you to imagine right now, you're in an elevator, okay? We don't have many elevators here in Mandurah, do we? There's a few at the different hotels. But imagine you're in an elevator and you only have 45 seconds to tell your story. You're in the elevator, it's a moment, and you just feel really led to tell your story. And that's where we're going today is because you have a story to tell and where to be ready in season and out of season, ready to share your story. Now, when you share your story, you don't need to do it in a weird and wacky way. You can do it in a way that's like, you know, a movie trailer. Um, you're going to watch a movie and it just sort of like entices you or it's just like, oh, that sounds amazing. I really want to go and watch that at the cinemas. So when you're sharing your story, as I said, people are often busy. They're in a rush and they're here, there and everywhere. So sometimes we only have a short moment to share our story, whether it's the story where you first met God or it's along the way where you've had different things happen that you know God has moved. So you have a short moment to share your story and often in those short moments then it continues on and they ask more questions. But that's where I'm going today. It says in 1 Peter 3, Always be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. I've found when I'm sharing my story with someone that they can't question 
what's happened to my personal life. So therefore, they cannot say it didn't happen. So when you're sharing your story, because what is God has done in you, they can't deny it. Right now, um, um, Kevin's going to jump up now and share briefly a little bit of his life stories of what Christ has done for him. Thanks, Pastor Rach. I have a couple of notes just to keep me on track because my story can go on and on. We'd have to hit the e-stop in the elevator. <laughs> but anyway, just quickly, uh, being raised in a Christian family, um, a lot of people think that it's like very sheltered and boring life. You know, you, you, you just don't get to do a lot of the adventurous things. So I, I really don't have a, a Paul Saul conversion to tell. But... I can tell you looking back that I wasn't sheltered, I was protected. And I wasn't bored, I was blessed. And, and like a member of a youth camp, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as um, Chris preached last week, the, the scripture, um, it's no longer Christ that live, uh, I that live the Christ that lives in me. And at that, at that point, when I really got to understand what that meant, the power of the Holy Spirit, it just changed everything in my life. Uh, I got married at a young age of 21. It was my first marriage. I know it's a bit of a shock. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. And uh, we went to live in the UK. Uh, I've been there six years. We had our first child. I was very homesick, wanted to come home. And I heard from God saying, it's time to come home. But like, is it me or is it God? My wife wanted to stay. She wasn't hearing the word of God like I was. So let's put God to the test. We'll try and sell the house. At that time, houses were selling 12 months to, to sell a house. The house I had was a very big house and it was going to take a long time to sell. And so I got a few estimates on the house and values and how long. Sort of, it ranged from the very cheap, could sell quick, the price it's worth will take a long time. I had a price in my head, I picked one of the agents, told him what I wanted. He said, well we can market at that but be aware it will take at least six months to sell at that price. So myself and my wife, we prayed about it. And we, when, we said, well, when the sign goes up, we want a quick sale, no hassles, we know it's from you, God. So I don't know who was surprised, more me or the agent, but the day the sign went out, we got the asking price. No, no, um, no hassles at all. He just wanted it as it was. So the guy that bought the house, he drove past it. It was in a village and it wasn't out of the way. And he drove past and he said to his wife, if that house comes on the market, I'm going to buy that house. The day the sign went up, he drove past that house. So, you know, it definitely was God. We're, we're coming back. A couple more real quick. Um, while I was still over in the UK, I, I've had a lot of motor vehicle accidents. I've had at least four motorbike crashes uh, and, and at least five car accidents. I've rolled twice. Uh, on the motorbikes, I've, always, I've never broken a bone. I, I've, I've come off the bike and I've, I've ended up standing up just as the car is coming and like right between the headlights of the cars. You know, I've, I've never once uh, had a, a broken bone. I want to meet my angel when I'm in heaven because he's been very busy. <laughs> so one, one real quick one in, in, in a car accident I had, I, I got hit by a truck. So I was in, in the UK going under this railway bridge and it was very narrow, and on the other side it was wider where they'd put a second line in. And this truck coming the other way uh, saw me coming, I had to go to the middle to go through, 
he tried to stop and, and jackknifed his truck and hit me, pushed me into the bridge and out the other side of the bridge, completely squashing the car. It had a sunroof, the sunroof popped open. So I'm pinned up against the wall, the window's broken and I can touch the truck. It's right here, it's completely squashed. And he jumps out the truck and he's looking at me, he says, you all right? He, he thought he killed me. And I says, well, I'm fine at the moment, but I can just see as it's all squashed, it's just caught fire, like, and I'm stuck. So he's backing the truck away. And the only injury I had is I jumped clear, I sprained my ankle <laughs> in, in a panic to get out. So God has been good. He's really been looking after me. Uh, just real quickly, I just want to finish. Uh, last week in the kids, we were teaching them on, on uh, Romans 12, verse 18, which is basically try and live in peace with everybody. And, and my motto is to live every day as if it's your last, because one day you're going to get it right. <laughs> but what I mean by that is don't let people upset you and don't upset people. You know, just try and live in peace. But I've got lots more stories. Just come to my connect group, my life group out the back. They're on the wall, all the details. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. You might say coincidence. I say that is the Lord protecting him. I was listening to Kevin's um, testimonies, stories, and we put them online, and I was just like, wow, Kevin, you need to tell it, write a book about all of those. There's heaps of them. But we've got to be ready in season and out of season, equipped with the head and heart knowledge to share the gospel and share our stories within that. In Romans 10:13, it says this, For everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not? believed and how are they to believe in him of him whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news you have a message to tell your feet are beautiful when you preach the good news hopefully not smelly point number two you have a story don't you have a story. You have a story because of the cross. Tim Keller says this, first, Jesus started in weakness, first by becoming human, and second, by going to the cross. And if we want him in our life, we have to start in weakness too. The kingdom begins there, but it won't end there. What a beautiful, beautiful quote, but a beautiful promise. See, don't keep your story hidden. Don't feel that you've got to hide it under the rug and don't let anyone see because through your story, through your different stories of what you've gone through, the cross can turn your story into a powerful testimony and God can be glorified and God can be lifted up in him. See, the cross is not just about the sacrifice of Jesus. It is about redemption. Redemption means to buy back. So through the cross... Jesus paid for all my mess. Jesus has paid for your mess. He's paid for everyone's mess. He's paid for all of our mistakes. And he gets to buy back that story and redeem it. So I want to go on to just share some examples of some different people in the Bible where they went and shared their story. And let's see what happens. The first one is, Jesus forgives the man and he heals the paralysed man. This story is about where a man who was paralysed, he couldn't get to Jesus because there was just crowds all around him and his friends made a way through the roof and they lowered him down to Jesus. 
Now this man, when he got there, Jesus not only healed his body physically, but he said, your sins are forgiven. He made him whole. He made him complete. And this is what it says in Matthew 9, verse 1 to 8. When the crowds saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to men. When these people all around saw the miracles and this man get up and walk, what were they? They were filled with awe and they praised God. Josh, can you jump up now because I'm coming to a close. The second woman I'm going to share about we had is the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. I love this woman. So Jesus is talking to this woman. She's a Samaritan woman. Jesus should not have been interacting with her because he was a Jew, but he crossed the cultural boundaries and spoke to her. He was speaking to her. One, he was a man as well, and she was a woman. So obviously, Samaritan woman shouldn't have been speaking at all. But in this moment when he was up at the well, Jesus was speaking to her identity. He was speaking truth into her. He was speaking and bringing wholeness and life. Now this woman in that interaction with Jesus, she went away and told the whole village all about Jesus and what he had done. In John 4 verse 39, it said this, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So when you're in life and you have a testimony to tell, can you imagine if she didn't go and leave from Jesus and go and tell everyone about him, the people in her town would not have believed in who this God was. But because this woman broke out and she found who her true worth was and her full identity was in Jesus, she went. But if she didn't, maybe others wouldn't have heard. You have a story to tell so others can believe in God. The next one is a lame man is healed. Peter and John, there's an old song, Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. This man couldn't walk. He was an outcast. But Peter and John, as they're walking to the temple, like they were coming to church and there's this man sitting on the steps. But they stopped and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. This man, he was begging, but what did he get instead of just money? He got full healing and he found life life to the fullest. In Acts 3 verse 8, it said this, So he, meaning the lame man, leaping, he stood up and he walked and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who was sat begging at the arms as at the beautiful gate of the temple. And these people were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They saw him walking and then he walked into the temple with him. If they didn't stop and say, come, can I help you with the need of where you're at? Maybe his life story would have been different. Can I encourage you today to stop and share the gospel of Jesus because your story and the gospel story can change the course of someone's life.
See, your story is about you. Yep, it's about you. We live in a selfish world. It is about you. But the main theme is Christ in you. See, who can you share your story to? Is it the conversations that you can have when you're walking on the beach? Can it be when you're at the park with your children and you're playing? Could it be at the checkout? Could it be with your work colleagues? Can you take a moment to stop and share your story? Or are we so busy and caught up in life that we don't take the time? We have a story to tell because of the cross of Jesus. We have a story. We have the gospel to share. And we can weave the gospel in with our story because this world needs Jesus. And just like those three different stories, people were filled with awe and wonder. People could not believe it, what had happened. People were praising and leaping and seeing this man and therefore they believed. And because of this Samaritan woman that left Jesus and went and told others, the whole town or a lot of people in the town also believed in Jesus. What a beautiful thing that we can do as we share our story. And right now, I'd just love us to close our eyes and bow our heads. And we're just going to pray because I believe we all have a story because of the cross. We all have a story to tell that can direct people to Jesus. And over this week, as you've been praying and inviting and praying people to services, I believe that something's going to happen, that you're going to have the opportunity to share your story to people. Over this week, as you're continuing just to be inviting and saying, hey, here's a flyer. This is what God's done in my life. I hope you can come and, you know, weave your story into what God has done. I was a young girl, similar situation to Kevin. I grew up um, in a Christian home, um, went to church twice on a Sunday. Um, but I was quite a shy and insecure person and in a secular setting would be very quiet. But as I discovered God and who He is and as I went on mission trips and, and did various things, a confidence grew in me because I discovered the redemption story of Jesus, that He can just take this quiet, shy person and turn it her around to do what He wants and to use her. And that's for every person in this place, you might be thinking, what can God do with me? Who am I? Haven't you seen this big pile of sin and mess under this rug? God can take your story and He can make it His story and direct people to Jesus. So right now, let's just pray. Lord, I just thank You for every single person in this place. I thank You that, Lord, that You've changed our story and You have changed the direction of our lives. And Lord, I just thank You, Father God, that the testimonies that is in this room, Lord, are not to be kept quiet and not to be kept under a rug, but these stories are to go out to share to others, Lord. I thank You, Lord, that as we share the message and as we tell the message, that people, one, are going to be in awe and amazement of You and that people are going to come to believe in You. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for restoring our lives. Thank you for buying back us. In Jesus' name we just pray. Amen and amen.